right. Welcome back to another episode of Bet GPT. This is episode 44, and Slade finally decided to join us again. Welcome back. Yeah. Um, I, I had to take a, a break from betting. Um, you wouldn't let me come on the pod because you were so worried about me. <laughs> but I'm back. Back Past, better than ever. Gamblers Anonymous or whatever it's yeah, called. Rested, recharged. And if anything you learn at Gamblers Anonymous, it's probably just, you know, bet a half unit instead of a full unit sometimes. <laughs> Gamblers Anonymous, yes. Yet I just gave out my, I'm on a podcast with my identity. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're just playing around. Slade, uh, we're glad to have you back. Um, Keel Keel, filled in, uh, said, nice Keel did a good week. job. He had uh, JP Poston or JT Poston. Um, in golf, uh, didn't get home as a 35 to one, but he finished in the top 20. He was right there. Um, Nicholas Dunlap, uh, an amateur who's 300 to one ended up winning the golf tournament. I don't think a single, uh, sports betting personality had that. So nothing to hang your hat on there. Uh, he also gave out a play in the UFC, uh, main event and he thought it would go the distance and it indeed did. So we hope you tailed that. Um, those are his two official plays. So that was, uh, I'd call that a success in my book. So. Um, today we are going to get into some NFL, uh, talk a little Australian open tennis. We have a couple of six pack plays from there. And then, uh, we just want to touch on the NFL coaching carousel, kind of where the moving pieces, talk a little college football coaches, uh, retiring, moving on. Um, yeah. So, uh, so we're going to quickly just probably do this for 10, 15 minutes. Then we also have a special interview coming up as well. Um, so with the new year, we're just trying to get as many guests on as possible. So um, if you know of anyone or yourself are interested in, in hopping on sometime, just uh, let us know. Uh, okay, first and foremost, six pack. We have not uh, gave out plays in a long time. Our last six pack play, do you know what episode that was on? What date? Um, was that around like the college football playoff time? Like, Yes, Late it was December. on the 31st of December. So we've had zero six-pack plays in 2024. Oh, so we've got some. So technically, we're undefeated in 2024. <laughs> yeah, tell That's your all friends. I heard. The pod's undefeated. Um, yeah, so let's just get into football real quick. Um, you, I think you have a teaser for us you want to put out there. Yeah, um, I don't feel super great about either of these games. Um, I'd be curious to hear how you'd rank these four teams, the four teams left. So the the Chiefs and the Ravens play Sunday at 3 o'clock Eastern, and the Lions 49ers are Sunday night at 6.30 Eastern. Um, Baltimore is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to tease uh, the Chiefs six points to get them to nine-and-a-half, and then I'm going to do – Six points on the favorite in the night game, the 49ers, who are a seven-point favorite. I'll get them down to one. So the Chiefs just need to keep it in single digits, and the 49ers just need to win. Um, I feel pretty good about the Niners' money line, but seven points is a lot to lay. And Mahomes, I don't know if he's ever lost by, like, maybe is he lost, like, maybe once by, like, double digits in the playoffs? Like, and it'll be, like, that Super Bowl, like, five years ago. He just doesn't lose badly like it's just always so, close Mahomes he's he's been a starter for six years or this is sixth year he's made six AFC championships he has won three and lost three I believe or won one three and lost two with this one pending the two he lost were both in overtime 
mm-hmm. and the Super Bowl. He's two and one in Super Bowls with the loss uh, against the Bucks, and that team, the Bucks, um, yeah. had had a, had a really good defense. So yeah, um, they they were the better team in that. That's like the only so. time in my life I can think of Mahomes losing a big game by like more than a touchdown. So I yeah. If the Ravens win this game by 10 plus, they're probably going to be favored in the Super Bowl pretty heavy. Um, so they have they had the uh, look ahead lines up. Um, and I believe I have to try to find it. It looks like FanDuel doesn't have them up anymore. I'm pretty sure that they were uh, three point favorites. The Ravens would be three points over the Niners and uh, like six points over the Lions. I'd have to double check that, though. Don't hold me to that. So if you had to rank those four teams in terms of like who you just think is the best or the most likely, how does that go? It's hard to go with them, do the most likely thing because I might think the Chiefs are the second best team, but I know they play each other. So, I mean, I, I think the Ravens are probably the best team and the Lions are probably the worst team. And you can talk me either way on the 49ers and the Chiefs in the middle. I think it's... Uh pretty hard to deny that the Lions are the worst team on paper. Um, not to say they can't win. I would be pretty shocked if they did end up winning. I could see them beating the Niners. I can't see them, uh, you know, rematching the Chiefs, which is funny because they played them week one. And yes, they did win, but I still don't think they would beat the Chiefs. The Kadarius um, Tony drop pick six game <laughs> on national yeah. TV. Yeah. And like the, yeah. the Ravens and the Niners played like what a month ago, not even like, we were Christmas. on here talking about Purdy blowing the MVP in that game, and they lost by like thirty points. Yeah. So it's like if the Chiefs uh, win, I, I or the Ravens win, I feel like they're gonna be a pretty big favorite. So I, I would have to go with them, and then obviously they have the home field in this game as well. Yeah. So yeah, uh, my rankings. It sounds like you're saying Baltimore one, two, and three, San Francisco, Kansas City, and then Detroit. I'm actually going to put San Francisco one, and that's same as what the odds say. So a lot of the odds have the Super Bowl likelihood at uh, Niners plus one thirty five, Ravens plus one seventy, Chiefs plus four forty, and Lions plus eight fifty. Um, what did they I, have though? When if it was Ravens forty Niners, what was that line? The, I had the, it at three for the Ravens. Okay, so they think the Ravens are better. They're they're just they just think that the Chiefs are a better opponent probably than the Lions. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that's the case. I'm going to go here. Odd Shark has the look ahead lines up here. Let me just go ahead and double check this. Um, so while, while it's pulling up here, um, it's, it's just really interesting because like the whole year, the, the conversation was the NFC's loaded. The AFC is not great. Is that actually the case? No. Because the Cowboys did not look good. The Eagles were actually terrible. The Bucks were not a good team, and they were legitimately the third or fourth best team along with the Packers. Uh, yeah. And yeah, they I guess they peaked at the right point, but that still doesn't necessarily mean that. I almost had to eat, eat <laughs> my own words with the Packers because I still think they aren't very good, but they were, they were honestly like a few plays away from, we could be talking about them in the Super Bowl. Yeah, we'll talk about that with our guests here in a little bit when we break down the games. But yeah, they it is very hard to believe that they lost that game. If you're telling me that they had the ball up, or were they up four with like six minutes left, Aaron Jones rips off a 50-yard run to get to around the 40-yard line, 
there's no doubt they're going to get in the field goal range. They might even punch it in and, and seal the game. And then Anders Carlson misses like a 42 yarder. And then, you know, how the rest of it goes, they drive down the field. No problem. CMC scores. And then Jordan love throws a pick uh, in the weaning moments of the game. Yeah. That was that um, interception might've been like the highlight of the bear season. Packers losing good draft spot. Doesn't get yeah. much better. That's successful season in Chicago. Um, I have the look ahead lines up, so I want to apologize. I was wrong. If it's Niners Ravens, Niners are one and a half point favorites. Wow. You look like you want to bet Ravens money line. I would if they played each other. Yes. Okay. We just watched them kick their ass like three weeks ago. It's true. It's true. Next one, Lions Ravens. Ravens are four and a half point favorites. Um, Chiefs Lions. Chiefs are three and a half point favorites against the Lions. And then the Chiefs Niners, Niners are three point favorites over the Chiefs. So um, I think that's a little interesting. So the Niners are one and a half against the Ravens, but three against the Chiefs. But then the Ravens are three and a half over the Chiefs now. I think a lot of that might have to do with home field advantage, I'm guessing. In the AFC. Yeah, I don't I have no idea. That's that's interesting. Yeah, so um yeah, we, we have our four here. Um sounds like it's it could be anyone's game in the top three and the Lions would have to pull off a pretty miraculous upset, but they made it this far. They haven't won a playoff game since ninety two. It's kind of like team of destiny vibes. Um yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll talk about it a little bit more. I think that like what I want what I want to talk about our guests more is like a lot of the coaching gaffes and their like decision making this past weekend. It's it like amazes me that there's 32 head coaching positions and there's maybe like five or six guys who actually like call timeouts at the right time yeah, and like look like they played Madden growing up. Yeah, it, I th- that it never ceases to amaze me. Yeah, I thought that was like one of the worst games Shanahan's called. I know Dan Campbell's always going to be doing something weird. Obviously, they had the Bills, Bills and Andy Reid. I mean, McDermott with the fake punt, Andy Reid calling a reverse to a guy who had just fumbled on the same exact play. There was just a lot of bad coaching this weekend. But um, yeah, that's why if a team like the Lions, if they don't beat themselves, they have a pretty good chance of, you know, making it a field goal or touchdown game. And from there, it can go either way. The, the Lions might have. I mean, if, if D is Debo, what's Debo's status for the Niners? Yeah, so that's the biggest thing up in the air. He's questionable. His shoulder injury, apparently he had the same injury earlier in the year and he missed two weeks. Um, so you can't really afford to sit out, you know, time, but there is that week in between the Super Bowl. So if they think they can handle the lines and have him sit, you know, he'd probably be good to suit up for that game. But, you know, it's a big if. Okay. Yeah. So last thing I was going to say, the Lions might have the best skill players offensively out of the four teams, but I can't say that if Debo's if Debo's healthy. Because then I think the Niners will probably edge them out just because of how clear CMC is of everyone else. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's a little talking football. We'll get into a little bit more after the break here. But before the break, I quickly want to touch on the rest of our six-pack plays. Um, we're going two plays from the Australian Open. Um, so it's the semifinal round coming up for the women starting tomorrow on the 24th. And then the men have their quarterfinals tonight on the 23rd and then start uh, their semifinals uh, in two days. So 
Uh, hopefully you're listening to this uh, early on the 24th so you can get these bets in. But uh, the first pick, we're going on the women's side. We're taking Coco Goff, Moneyline. She's at plus 170. She's versing Sabalenka, who's the number two overall seed, number two player in the world. Um, Sabalenka and Coco Goff, uh, they're the two best players in the field by far. So it's, it kind of sucks that they're facing each other in the semifinals, whereas the other side of the bracket, there's going to be a brand new uh, finalist. And they're also brand new semifinalists too. So uh, the draw broke well for those girls up top. But then these two, Coco and Sabalenka, this is a... Rematch from the U.S. Open, which Coco Goff won in three sets. Um, Sabalenka is a huge favorite here, at like minus 200, because she looked like she's in better form. But the U.S. Open was like five months ago, four months ago, if that. She just beat Sabalenka. She can do it again. She can handle her power. This is a coin flip. We're taking her at plus 170. I'm just putting a half unit on it. It's plus money. It's a coin flip. She could very well lose. She could very well win. This is a value play. We're taking that's, plus seven. That's called gambling. They could very that's well lose. Gambling. They could very well win. <laughs> <laughs> Same with this next matchup. We're going to the men's side. Yannick Sinner against Novak Djokovic. You ever heard him, heard of him? I have. Uh, Djokovic has won. Or here's a trivia question for you. Do you know how many uh, Australian Opens Djokovic Six. has won? Um, no, he's won ten. So well, here, so last yes today at work. Somebody told me that they stayed up here on the East Coast. It's probably a little later than it was for you, but they stayed up watching Coco Golf, and then they stayed up and watched some of the tennis or uh, the the Djokovic, whatever uh, match. Djokovic Fritz, yeah, yeah, the American. And so he was like, "Yeah, I just like kind of sleep, so I just watched tennis all night, and then went to the gym, and then came into work." I was like, "Holy crap!" He probably got no sleep because yeah. Uh, my wife was, I went to bed early, but my wife was watching Djokovic against Fritz until 1am and that was in like the fourth set. So that'd be 4am your time. So I don't know how much that match you watched. Yeah. I don't think, I don't, I don't think he finished it, but he was like, he's like, when I started watching that one, it was like time for me to go to bed probably. And I still stayed up a little bit. Yeah. So that's, it's hard to watch the Australian open. It's a lot easier when you are on the West coast, you could watch a little bit more, but um, yeah, so I'm taking Yannick Sinner to beat Djokovic. I don't care uh, that he's won 10. Sinner's an up-and-comer. He just beat him at the ATP Finals uh, a few months ago, and they did split at the ATP Finals, I guess I should, I guess I should say. So he is beatable. Um, Sinner, Alcaraz, Djokovic, those are the three main main guys. Uh, we also got Medvedev up there. Um, it's been a really competitive tournament on the men's side, a lot less upset, so um, we're just going to... Hope we get a good match here. We're going to hope center keeps it close. We're taking him at plus 194. Um, so, yeah, that's another half unit play. So just three in the six pack today, a little bit more risk, less units. Hopefully getting the positive here. We're up 9.23 units. And then I can promise you we are going to have an awesome six pack plus even more with uh, Super Bowl plays, Super Bowl player props. Um Last year, I know that I hit on Rihanna's first and last song. Uh, me and Nicholas Bear hit on that. So we'll be doing some uh, a deep dive into the, um, I don't know, what's like a, like there's the dark web, but there's like the not evil part of the dark web. Whatever that is, that's where we're searching. The good part of, of the web. Uh, you're, you're deep so, in the Reddit threads. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have a good hookup for that, hopefully. Um, so yeah, looking looking forward to that. Um, real quick, I did want to touch on the, uh, NFL coaching carousel. So we have five spots open right now. We got Falcons, Panthers, Chargers, Seahawks, Commanders, and then the Patriots, Raiders, Titans have all hired coaches. 
Patriots hired Gerard Mayo, Raiders, Antonio Pierce, and Tennessee Titans hired Bengals OC Brian uh, Callahan. So those are the big moves there. I want to get your take on Saban. We don't have time right now. We're going to do it after our interview. So stick, stay tuned for that. And um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to have some good football content coming up. Any last words, Slade? No, I'll, 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 I definitely have some thoughts on Saban and Alabama. So we can, we can save that. Just a little teaser. Slade texted me the other day. He's like, I have to talk about Bama on the pod. (laughs) So, yeah. um, And if you're wondering who our next guest is, I don't want to get your hopes up, but it may or not may or may not be Caden Proctor's mom talking about her son's commitment. <laughs> to Iowa. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, All right. Uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, what, what, what get our guests on right now? All right. So we have a very special guest today. We have Evan Davis. We got another person on the West Coast welcoming me onto the pod or joining me on the pod. Uh, Evan, how you doing, my man? Doing great. Feeling good to be here. It's a nice Tuesday afternoon, ready to talk about some sports. Exactly, exactly. So Evan is a big uh, football fan, baseball, uh, knows a little NBA. So we'll uh, we'll you know run the gambit here and, and talk about a little bit of everything. Uh, I want to start with NFL. I think we should just go through each of the four games, um, kind of talk about what we like, didn't like about um, the winning and losing teams, and then kind of how that's going to affect our handicap for this upcoming weekend's games. So um, I assume you guys watched all the games. Hopefully, I know, Evan, you you did slay it. I don't know about you. You, you seem half the time you're, you're screwing around on the weekends. Uh, I was going to say, I, I definitely watched the Packers game the closest <laughs> uh, because I'm a hater. And it's kind of like how we hate LeBron. So like rooting against LeBron, like as a Bears fan, the closest thing I have to that is I get to root against the Packers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. So you rooted against the Packers. We'll start with that one, Evan. It sounds like you bet on the Packers. You had some conviction on them. Um, they looked like they were going to win. They deserved to win. They were winning with six minutes left. You know, Aaron Jones rips off a long run. They miss a field goal. They drive down the field. CMC scores. Like, I mean, what what would you think about that game? Yeah. So to start off, I mean, that I believe it was like uh, plus three twenty five, plus three fifty. It looked really nice. Looked good especially after um, them coming off a win from the Cowboys, mm-hmm. who I actually favored to maybe go to the Super Bowl, possibly, or definitely go to the NFC Championship. So since they were looking so strong, I thought, you know, the Packers, this is a good money line that I might want to take. I didn't like the spread as much. I think it was at like 10 Nine or something. Nine and a half, like yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I felt confident. And, I mean, at one point I was watching the game, and then the Packers were up, what, it was 14 at one point, I think, was their biggest lead. Yeah. Uh, something like that. And then I just kind of tuned out a little bit and then came back. And then I was like, oh, wow, this is actually getting pretty close. And then, you know, it played out how it played out. Um, I mean, I'm not not happy for the, the 49ers being up in the Bay over here. But, you know, I, I thought it would have been cool to see the Packers win a little cool storyline moment right there. Did you yeah. contemplate a hedge when they when you saw they were up? Yeah, I mean, I thought about it, but, you know, I was just like, might as well just stick to it. You know, I like to, I kind of like to stick to my guns when it's betting a little bit, which kind of bites me more than it works out. I, I feel like I'm the same way and Slade's always like texting me, like begging me to hedge on something. So that's, <laughs> I'm, he did a, me, I'm a glass he did half empty guy, I guess. <laughs> you did have yeah. me hedge on the Brock Purdy MVP with Lamar. So I will forever be indebted to you for that. Okay, but, yeah, that's that's yeah. a good friend right there. 
So speaking of Brock Purdy, um, he did not play well the first three quarters. And then the fourth quarter, that final drive, he did a couple key throws. I know he's missing Debo and like the 49ers are a well-oiled machine, but when they're missing one guy, whether it's CMC, Debo, Ayuk, you know, whoever, whoever it is, um, that's when they, they, the wheels kind of fall off a little bit. Um, do you think that the Niners are live to win next week, even though um, Debo could be out? So they'll be obviously playing the Lions, which we can talk about that game in a second. But do you think they're uh, they they're seven point favorites? Do you like them to win against the Lions? Um, I mean, for me, I'm a I'm kind of rooting for the Lions pretty big in this playoffs. Um, first, it was the Browns, but then they kind of lost in tragic form. So I mean, that that is yeah. what it thanks is. For, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. So. So that was a bummer. You know, I was I bet on them, so I can't say that I, I was happy that they lost in any way, shape, or form. But I like the Lions a lot. Um, I think the the Niners, and in the playoffs in general, we were kind of seeing these uh, rookie quarterbacks or first, second, or third-year quarterbacks with not a lot of playoff experience kind of still showing. And people kind of forget that. I mean, Brock Purdy, even though he's doing great, uh, he's still fairly new to the playoff game, even though they've been so consistent in winning since he's been there. Um, and it shows, I mean, Jordan Love, especially um, Brock Purdy kind of takes them a little, find their stride. Debo is going to be a huge um, player in that if he plays or not. Um, that to many people and including myself is the big difference maker. And if they're going to win yeah. or not, Debo's playing. Yeah. I almost feel like if you want to bet on that game or at least bet a lot on that game, you kind of have to wait until the injury report comes out uh, mm-hmm. Sunday morning or I guess Sunday afternoon because the Chiefs are Chiefs Ravens are first and then the Niners games in the afternoon. Also, um, for betting pretty, on that, I would almost maybe right now take the the Ayuk over just assuming the worst and assuming, yeah. that, you know, he's going to have to carry the load in spite of Debo maybe even playing and nursing an injury a little bit. So that's what I'm kind of thinking. Yeah, I like that because um, I was listening to a, f- a few podcasts this morning and last night uh, to kind of prep for this. And a lot of people were talking about how the um, Lions secondary isn't great and they're really susceptible to bigger plays, mm-hmm. um, especially kind of with the Niners offense, you know, when, when they are playing well. So I was going to look at um, his over, Ayuk's overs, but also Ayuk's um, like his longest catch. You can usually get oh, yeah. those, you know, like over you know, somewhere in the high twenties, low thirties, I can just definitely see him like ripping a slant, like 50 oh, yards yeah. or, you know, Purdy throwing deep. So, yeah. yeah, I haven't looked at the weather for this game, but I know last week Brock Purdy, like going back to his time in college, he has not played well in the rain. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously he had a game was it earlier this year where he struggled in the rain again. I know against, against the, Browns. the Browns. Yeah. yeah. And so I was just like kind of blown away at how inaccurate he was last week, at least through the first three quarters. He'd obviously figured it out at the end, but like it just seemed like every throw was in the dirt for like at least the second or third quarter of that game. And so I think that you might get a bounce back from Purdy in terms of like how he looks, how how many points the 49ers score, the passing game just in general. So I do like that Ayuk uh, play right there. You're, you're, I looked up the weather report. It's supposed to be better. Um, it says partly cloudy skies between 55 and 70 degrees. Just so don't rain. I think he can play yeah. in the cold. I don't think he yeah. can play in, in the rain. Well, he's dropping back to pass and he's like adjusting his glove as he's yeah. dropping back to pass. Like, I don't, that's ridiculous. Mm. So, um, Goff yeah. does have the Super Bowl appearance. People forget Goff has been in a Super Bowl. This isn't too big for him. Well, this is him his, 
this is the team he grew up watching. He's a 49ers fan. He's from that area. So he has a lot of motivation as well. Um, I, I'm kind of leaning towards, I, obviously, I, I gave the 49ers out in our six pack, uh, but I did that down to minus one. So I obviously yeah. don't feel super confident in laying the seven. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the lines, you can't. You you don't know what they're gonna do because they have that that one two punch and Gibbs and Montgomery that is like definitely the best one two punch in the league and you know you got McCaffrey that can do both but I mean having those two dudes just at your disposal the whole time when one dude's tired the other one's in they're both effective yeah I mean it's dangerous they got a Amon Ross St Brown they have a great offense and you know it's gonna be a good game for that reason. Yeah, so we saw that with the Lions beating the Bucks, 31-23. Gibbs went 9 for 74 and a touchdown. Montgomery only went 10 for 33, but like, what's kind of unseen with him is he's such a great pass protector, mm-hmm. um, whereas Gibbs is kind of too small and they can't really rely on him to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, they also gave it to Craig Reynolds on that random like fourth and goal, and he like just walked right in. So that was a, mm-hmm. a nice play call by Dan Campbell. Monra, you mentioned, went 8 for 77 and a touchdown. Um, this one was, it was kind of a weird game because the Lions kept taking like, you know, 14 point leads and then it would get down to seven and they'd put it back up. So they eventually held on 31, 23. One thing I really wanted to bring up, I don't know if you guys caught this, but, uh, the Lions, um, got that turnover of Baker with like a minute 33 left. Oh, you're with the time management. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't so, it in real time. I saw it on Twitter. Yeah, so just for the listeners or for anyone who doesn't know, there was like a minute 33 left. Lions just had to kneel it out and win the game. Bucks had one timeout. Um, the Lions kneeled it. The Bucks had didn't look like they were calling timeout, so Goff just went up and like kneeled it again with 17 seconds left on the play clock. It did it again. So eventually, um, the Bucks on fourth down, there was 33 seconds left, and they had a timeout in their pocket. And they could have forced a long field goal. I I do not know how you do not how you do not call a timeout. How do you miss that? How do you not have just some random nerd no, on your no, sideline telling you what to do? He said he knew. He said he didn't care. That cannot be true. It, you Did deserve you to be fired. You deserve to be fired if if you if you feel that way. Let me find the quote. But I'm almost positive he was like, "We're we're delaying the inevitable" or something along those lines. Evan, how many games of Madden have you played in your life? Um, more than I could count, definitely. Yeah, it, anyone who's played Madden a couple hundred times would know exactly what to do in a situation like that. It is so. It's just, he, this is what he said: they had yeah. a field goal and lined up, and it would have been about twelve seconds left on the clock in the ball game. We weren't going to come back from that. No sense in prolonging the obvious. Why can't you block it? Yeah, I mean. It's not what I'm you just, want. Hey, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just the middleman. Yeah. I'm telling you it's what like, he said. I feel like I feel like you're a Bucks fan yeah, by reading this off. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the end of the Bucks. Uh, Baker Mayfield's. Um, that is that's being a Baker Mayfield fan. He plays well. Does something stupid at the end of the game. He took too many sacks too. I know he, he played well that. overall, but yeah, knocked them out of field goal range at least once in the first half. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good game. I mean. Baker, you can definitely tell that he's trying really hard, and that's what causes him to make some some crucial errors, but also some really good, he really forces good things. plays. Yep, yep. All right, uh, let's shift over to the AFC. First game, Ravens-Texans. 
Um, I kind of half watched this, half kind of zoned out just because it was never really close. Um, yeah. e- either you guys have any have any major thoughts on this game? Are yeah. you talking? You're talking about last week's the game that they just played, or the, the upcoming Ravens one? Texans? Yeah, Ravens mm-hmm. Texans last uh, week. No, I turned that shit off in like the third <laughs> quarter. Yeah, I don't think. That, I mean, everyone knew what was going to happen. Uh, you're looking at arguably the best team in the league, and I don't think that there's much argument with that. I mean, you could say the Niners, but, I mean, everyone knows that um, the the Ravens, they're just the most well-rounded team. You give Lamar a, a good wide receiver and Zay Flowers, and, yeah. you know, the running back game has been an issue, but that team is dangerous, and I think there's not really much stopping them going to the Super Bowl, even though Patrick Mahomes is doing his playoff thing. I yeah. I'm a I'm a Chiefs guy and I agree with you. So that's how confident I I'm not or how in not confident I am. Um, speaking of Madden, I think it'd be awesome if we could take Lamar and we could put him on the Lions and replace Goff. <laughs> I think that would be an awesome scenario because you could have all you could have a minor St. Brown, you could have Sam Laporta, and then you could have the two running backs and a better offensive line. Because right now. Like the, if you're gonna have a knock on the Baltimore, I still think they're the most well-rounded team. I don't think their wide receivers are anything special, but they're still better than the yeah. Chiefs. I mean, yeah. Zay Flowers, like you brought him up, I mean, like he's definitely good. He's still a rookie at the end of the day, so he's he's not gonna be perfect. He can't necessarily be that guy you can depend on every single third down, but he can be a game breaker uh, in the sense that you know he's fast. He, he can. He J.K. Can get open Dobbins has been out all year. Yeah, obviously you that's have a, Mark that's a good Andrews. Point. Um, but like if Gus Edwards is your running back one and OBJ is your like veteran wide receiver, like it just that's that's why Lamar's MVP. He's so valuable. Yeah, they got Melvin Gordon, I think, number two in their depth. Oh, chart, God. So they're yeah. uh, they're slim. And I mean, Melvin Gordon, he did get a he got they, a they just no. got rid of him. They because they have Dalvin oh, Cook okay. now. I think nobody oh, knows. Yeah. Dalvin Cook, oh, yeah. his, his over-under for the game was seven and a half yards, and he had like a 25-yard run. So shout wow. out him yeah. back from the dead. Yeah, he's <laughs> coming back. I mean, he, he's got potential to obviously go back to his former self, but when you get put on a Jets team that doesn't have Aaron Rodgers, kind of out to drive for sure on that one. Yeah. Um, I, I hate to do this, but I forgot to mention this earlier. Um, a fish coiners two Super Bowl picks from the season. So he had one preseason. It was the Chargers who didn't make the playoffs. So he kind yeah. of pivoted like week five, week six. He's like, I'm actually a Bills guy. And he's like, I'm gonna ride with them all year. He wrote them through the lows and when they're coming back up. I just want to hear you give a little bit of like an obituary or just give us a quick synopsis <clears throat> of how you feel about the Bills and their loss to your favorite team, the Chiefs. Well, Low-key, part of the reason why I brought Evan on this pod is so I can just quickly pivot off this topic and let him cover the game. Oh, yeah, called I, an obituary, I meant a eulogy, <laughs> but you know what I meant. I, uh, yeah, I, I had a Bills future. Um, they were 10-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Um, they got up to 50-1 to 1 at some point in the season. I know Keel talked about that last yeah. episode. He had a little bit on 50-1. to 1. I think he had like two bucks. So, uh, um, yeah, it was a back-and-forth back and forth game, but... The Bills ended up losing their third. Uh, they've been eliminated three out of the last four years by the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, you watch the end of that game. It's back and forth. Uh, this The Bill, like, yeah, they lost on the field goal, but really, like, the Chiefs fumbled out of the goal line. 
you know, Josh Allen fumbled and there was that crazy bounce where they ended up, you know, getting Still on getting top it. of it. It seemed like it was their destiny to win that game, yeah. but it was more of destiny that Tyler Bass was going to miss that field goal. Um, I do you guys think that they can even bring back Tyler Bass next year? Or is no. that such bad of a miss? They have to get rid of it. It's as bad as like when the Bears double doinked it. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you see? Uh, did you see uh, on Instagram? Uh, I read. I was reading this article about how um, he obviously, you know, typical kicker. Everyone like hates your guts, but then the the Bills fans. I mean, only the Bills fans could be capable of this quick of a turnaround. They like started hammering down on his charity. So like he got like a hundred thousand plus to his charity. I think uh, today at whatever point. So I mean. Maybe they might keep him around and then, you know, see how he does in the season, obviously. But, you know, it seems like for morale reasons, like they're not really big on him, especially with like Stefan Diggs not doing well. No one right. really playing that exceptional when you're playing the Chiefs in the playoffs. Yeah. That's actually a good point. I did see Gabe Davis getting some heat from the fans on the sidelines and he didn't even play. He's hurt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned that they they um could, you know, keep him around. I do know that they kept DeMar Hamlin around because they used him on a yeah, fake punt. That horrendous fake punt. That was terrible. Uh I I don't have a lot to say. Like, yes, there's the, the element of surprise, but why are you using DeMar Hamlin? Why would you not put like a backup running back in as like, you know, the blocker for the punt or something? Think, that is ridiculous. Do you think McDermott knew that the votes were already in for comeback player of the year? That that didn't matter? <laughs> like you see that uh, yeah, it, it seems I'm like sure something you put in like a netflix movie yeah the nfl probably gave them a little bonus for that sort of guest appearance right there yeah literally uh I, you can't really fault him though you know sean mcdermott's not the brightest bulb uh considering he brought up 9-11 as his motivational speech a couple of years ago. Um, so not not a good look for mcdermott i saw some people talking about how bill belichick could be a good fit uh in buffalo do you guys think the bills would do something like that i don't think so no i don't there, there's think, no way no. there's no too way. much bad blood they've been they've gotten their ass it's like getting your ass beat by the bully and then like wanting your bully to be your friend like it's yeah it doesn't work yeah yeah it's, i mean i think what bill's gonna do is go to the falcons for sure there's there's not much lose lose for him. It's like if he goes there and they still suck, it's like, well, it's the Falcons. Or mm -hmm. if he goes there and turns it around, he gets praised. And then he's like, even in this next shelf category, which who thought he could get into with him being so high already? That's, that's his Tom Brady Buccaneers mm -hmm. Super Bowl if he yep. can win one with the Falcons. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, though. The Falcons have brought in a couple guys. They had Raheem Morrison for their second interview today. They've had, they've had two interviews with Harbaugh. It sounds like Harbaugh is going to end up with the Chargers, though. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's really easy to say Belichick going to the Falcons, but, you know, crazier things have happened. Maybe, uh, you know, a team is a little hesitant to hire him because he's going to want full control. He's not going to want a GM. He's going to want to be in charge of all player personnel. And that's just not really realistic in today's NFL. You could get away with that 20 years ago, but there's so much analytics and decision making involved that putting in the hands of one guy who hasn't really drafted anyone good in the last like three or four years, um, you know, despite you his hire, resume, it's, it's a risk. You could hire a, a coordinator or something for like one third the salary, which shouldn't matter, but it matters to these owners because they're cheap. Um, yeah. It seems mm -hmm. like Harbaugh is going to go to the Chargers, which I think we kind of thought all along. 
and then obviously Antonio Pierce kind of won himself the the Raiders job or earned it. So I'm happy for him. Um, did you guys think McCarthy was going to come back to Dallas? I did not. I, I did Me not. Either. But no, it's it's hard, you know, when they're still posting that in season record. It it just becomes a matter of was it really his fault or who's the lights too brightest for on that game and you know it it could very well be him but uh, I'm not sure that Dallas team had a whole lot of problems everywhere with being uh, in that playoff position despite their regular season success so sometimes not, you can be a victim of overachieving mm-hmm. definitely them yeah with the Eagles going down and them going up everyone was like all right like if they're do it if they're projected better than the Eagles and like that's Super Bowl or bust. Definitely. Uh, at work today, um, I, there's a guy who wears a Cowboys hat every day. Mm-hmm. He hasn't worn it the last two weeks ever since their loss. And <laughs> he's been wearing a Yankees hat now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Switching from one then, America's and, team to the other. And then it'll yeah. be a, a Lakers hat in yeah, uh, the Lakers, June. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is a, <laughs> There's one thing that I never really kind of realized being like a bet with the this guy that I work with. He's a Cowboys fan through and through all the way. Um, and right before the playoffs, he ended up buying two Super Bowl tickets for eight grand a piece because um, he was like just all in on the, the Cowboys. And then they lose first round. So then it automatically becomes a gamble because, you know, you want that that Niners Cowboys NFC championship because whoever goes to the Super Bowl you're going to get good money out of that ticket. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if your team, if the Cowboys don't go in good, you sell it to a Niners fan, they'll buy it for 10 grand easy. But you know, he was at this point where it's like, what if like the Texans play the Buccaneers and then oh. the value drops? Yeah. Half. That is crazy. Yeah. So he, nope. is he rooting for the lions then I feel like the he lions would, fans would go nuts. Yeah. He, they I mean, have he, a- he was, he was telling me that the best case scenario and I, like we were talking about it is, you know, if you got you're in that predicament and you're after round one, you want that Ravens versus Niners or that like Bills. Like the AFC is more like interchangeable at that point. The NFC, it's like you need that Niners that Niners push. Otherwise, like it's the Lions next bet, which is like some dude from Detroit will pick it up, but you know it's not likely to like be as valuable obviously as a Niners ticket. So it's interesting. Yeah, he did all right, though, because I think this is like the one time in like a Lions fan's life that they could watch a Mm -hmm. Super Bowl for their team. So they might get them to kind of like shell it out financially. But yeah, Mm -hmm. typically the the bigger fan bases like the Niners, um, I'd feel a lot more comfortable. And even if the Bills would have made it, I think their fan base would have gone pretty crazy to make some to buy those tickets, too. Definitely, definitely. I mean, you you got the dream matchups, but it's just so like crazy how like you're taking this gamble first off hoping your team gets there and then once your team who happens to be a general public favorite gets eliminated then you're like oh shoot like i need to get rid of these tickets and not like screw myself totally it's interesting you know uh as a little um entertainment to the pod maybe the three of us next year um find a way to get 8k and 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 we do the same thing a little little risk on the pod nothing wrong with that yeah just for the story just for the yeah. story. And then if it doesn't work out, we're like, this was just like, this is just for fun. We need our money back. Yeah, this guy could uh, indirectly show us a new gambling wave right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you get that dream matchup, you pay 8 t- 8K for that ticket. You could easily 21K sell that thing a week before the Super Bowl if you got um, 
Bills uh, and the the Niners, like easy, easy. This reminds me yeah. of January first, twenty sixteen, where Coiner and I did this at a smaller scale where we bought uh, Rose Bowl tickets <laughs> yeah. on like student discount and then sold them on the market. So we got them. We we made like a four hundred percent profit. And I was like in college. I had my mom like help me mail the tickets. I didn't know what I was doing, but I pocketed Man. that cash. Easy. I met, I met some guy in a McDonald's parking lot. He had like 80 Iowa stickers on his van. He's like, I'm making a trip to Pasadena. I'm like, all right, give me my money. And then, and then yeah. he'd go and CMC just destroys them. Yeah, I was going to say, imagine being the guy to hand over that ticket for three times the value. And then after the game, be like, that guy paid 21k to to oh. watch his team put up a donut like that would be crazy yeah yeah That's, you'd have to have a wellness check on me if that happened yeah yeah we're gonna start a new wave next year with uh super bowl tickets we're gonna <laughs> revolution we're, we're gonna have you on the pod like a month before the playoff starts get, just give us like a super bowl ticket market update we'll have a little graph and everything it'll be good <laughs> Yeah. So we need we obviously need to decide who's going to be in the Super Bowl. Um so we have our matchups. We have the Chiefs at the Ravens, Lions at the Niners. We'll start with the Chiefs Ravens. Uh Evan, it's uh three and a half. The Ravens are favorites at home. Uh do you have any leans here? Are you betting against one of the best QBs of all time, Patrick Mahomes? Or are you are you sticking with them? I am hundred percent taking the the mm, I would actually probably take plus three and a half because you know, while I think the Ravens will win, I think it'll be a very close game. Um, but, I mean, honestly, the Ravens, it seems like they're going to be the runaway favorites with this for a good reason. So, I mean, plus three and a half for the Chiefs doesn't seem like a bad bad bet, especially when, you know, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, even though, you know, don't really want to see him go to the Super Bowl again. He's yeah. kind of turned into, like, that Tom Brady Esque, where it's like, you know, he's been there too many times. Give it for someone else a little bit. Yeah, six straight AFC title games. He's three and two in those games. Um, pretty impressive. You know, no, we've never really seen this with anyone. It's been, you know, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, you know, these all time great guys going on a run. Um, I personally, for those who didn't listen to the last episode, I have Lamar Jackson most playoff rushing yards at 40 to one. Uh, so I've thrown 20 bucks on that. So, uh, I'm really just rooting for Lamar to just run for 200 yeah. yards. That's that's really all I need at this point. Um, however, it's going to be really hard for me to bet bet against the Chiefs. I'm going to probably end up on that plus three and a half uh, sometime before the end of the end of the week. I like that bet. I mean, thinking about it, when you break down the Chiefs defense, I mean, they got Chris Jones in the front, who's their their big wrecking ball, and then they got um, Lajerry Sneed in there secondary who's been outstanding the whole season their line, linebacker core you know they're good but i mean definitely outshined by the the other two um like areas of the defense so i mean yeah that could be great for you know his little 10 15 yard sprints getting those easy rushing yards to the outside i mean could work out super great for that yeah i could definitely see those chunk plays happening for sure yep mm-hmm. um one other thing i want to bring up in this game would be um the kicking. So both kickers, Butker is one of the top five kickers in the league. Justin Tucker is one of the best um, all time. Justin Tucker hit a 50 yarder last week, but in the regular season, he was one of five. 
Bucker hasn't missed from 50 plus all, all year. Slade, do you think um, that's going to be a factor this week? Because, I mean, we just saw it in the Bills game. You know, that was a miss. If Bucker's going up and kicking that, it's going in. If Tucker's kicking that, it's going in. Do you think that there's going to be any crucial miss, misses or, or is it going to be uh, pretty straightforward for those kickers? Um, I mean, I would bet on it. I mean, if you think like last week, the whole storyline was missed kicks between the Bills and the Packers. And um, anytime Butker goes back there to kick, a little part of me gets nervous because I know if he misses, I'm going to get a text from Coiner or a friend Brady just bullying me for being a Butker fan and drafting him way too early in fantasy every year. But if I'm not going to get Mahomes on my team, I kind of like having him. So it's like I get the reward for the Mahomes touchdown still. Um, mm-hmm. sure. I still, I, I don't think it's going to be like come down to a last second field goal or anything like that, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a missed 50 yarder either way, especially in yeah. Baltimore. I don't know what the weather is looking like. Yeah, that's a good weather report to look up. Definitely. Yeah, I can, I can get that going here. Um, yeah, Butker, he did miss a 42 yarder in the Super Bowl last year. I don't know if you guys remember that. I do. Um, I was with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course um all right so the current weather um the current weather is in the 40s um it looks like it's there's a possible chance for rain um it's doesn't look like it it says 50 percent chance of rain um doesn't look mm. like it's gonna snow it's not gonna be cold enough um it's gonna be in the 40s maybe low wind. 30s uh wind um it looks like there's just going to be moderate to mild wind, nothing, nothing crazy. Okay. It says variable wind, whatever that means. That's like I the most this, out answer ever. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think this this game is going to come down to if the Chiefs can stop the run or not, because that was the most frustrating part for me last week watching the Chiefs. Is they the 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 Bills gashed them the whole first half and even parts of the third quarter running the football. It was like every first down was like six or seven yard run to Cook. Um, if they can't, if they can't stop the Ravens running the ball, I, I am going to be pretty concerned because obviously you even have now the threat of Lamar. I mean, obviously Allen can run too, but Lamar is obviously a different type of athlete when he starts running the ball. Um, and if the weather's not great, if it is wet, I don't think that favors the Chiefs necessarily. If you're going to rely on throwing the ball around and you have bad wide receivers and a wet ball, I don't like that combination. Especially with um, the last game, you know, they, they were they were playing a good defense in the Bills, but the Ravens are even better defense. They're, Much better, yeah. is considerably better than most teams in the league. So, I mean, with that aspect, because the Bills, they almost couldn't stop um, Mahomes at all. They were the first punt, and I think that was about, what, like 10 minutes in or something, or 15 minutes in, which is – I mean, crazy in itself, that just shows you how good those offenses are. But, I mean, if anyone can stop this Chiefs offense, it's the Ravens defense, and they're going to have to show it, and they're going to have to watch a lot of Bills film to, to be able to do that. It, it's it's really interesting the Chiefs are playing these two teams back-to-back because, yeah, the Bills have, like, great firepower on offense, but they're down, like, three linebackers this year. Mahomes just shredded the middle of the field. Well, you're going against the the Ravens now who have Roquan Smith, a couple other good linebackers. Like, it's not going to be that easy. Mahomes is going to have to attack the sidelines, um, which he has the arm to do. There's no doubt about it. But these wide receivers are going to have to get open. They're going to have to find pockets in the zone on the outsides. 
and they're going to have to convert it. So it's not going to be easy. The Chiefs can do it, but uh, I do think it's going to be much, much tougher than last week. Um, I did also find a, I found one stat real quick. Um, so uh, we talk a lot about DVOA. Um, I know we've we've it's been a while since we brought it up. Uh, but like DVOA is a ben- is essentially reading it off here. It's defense adjusted value over average. So each play is like graded um, for how an, a team would on average do against, you know, that that defense or that offense, whatever it is. Uh, the Chiefs were a zero percent uh, DVA DVOA against the Dolphins offensively um, and were 53 percent uh, defense against them. So they their defense won them that game. I think it's going to have to be somewhat similar to this too. I don't think we can expect the chiefs, you know, to go crazy offensively. They're not putting up 40. This isn't that same old team. They're going to need people like Chris Jones and Snead uh, to real, to really get the job done. Who's that uh, safety for the Ravens? Hamilton. What's his first name? Kyle Hamilton. Yeah. I always think he sounds like a NASCAR driver. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like, yeah, yeah. is that a NASCAR driver's name? I don't know. I mean, I definitely think there's some Hamiltons that have driven some NASCAR. Is it Denny Hamilton or something like that? Denny Hamlin, yeah, and Kyle Busch. I I think you're combining those two. (laughs) (laughs) Slade, do you have a Daytona 500 pick? It's coming up in a couple weeks. Um, The only the only NASCAR I'll bet is on the Charlotte Speedway course because I can I'll I'll drive out there and get some scoops from sure from the crew. But I don't I don't have anything. All right, well, we'll stick to football. Um, this next game, the night game, we have uh, Niners, seven-point favorites against the Lions. Slade already mentioned this uh, before we had you on, Evan, but he uh, just wants to tease this down um, to one and then find another leg in that teaser. Um, do, are you feeling strongly one way or the other? Are you going to stick to player props? What do you think about this game? Mm, typically, I don't like sticking to player props as much because, I mean, that's where my eyes will get really big and I'll try to shoot for those bigger parlays. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, seven seven's an interesting split. I mean, the Lions, I feel like, are still kind of underrated a little bit, even though I don't think they should be, rightfully. So, I mean, the Bucks did just give them a game, but the Bucks were a hot team in the league, so I don't think their record shows for actually how good they were in the moment. But, I mean, I like the Lions a lot. I think the Niners are good, but it just depends on, you know, Brock Purdy and Debo. And if you had to give me more confidence on a per-player basis, it would probably be the Lions over the Niners. Wow. So you're going Not plus a lot of- seven or you're going money line? I think um, I'm taking plus seven on the Lions right there, definitely. Okay. Okay. That's – um. It's, it's hard because like, I want to say that's the right move. Obviously, like it's so it's, it's so hard to know, but Brock Purdy scared me a lot last week. He did not play well. If he has another poor game, the Niners are going to basically have a really tough off season. It's like, I know Shanahan loves this guy, but mm-hmm. or do you want to keep him? Because there was that story that came out last week that they asked Tom Brady to come out of retirement for this year. And Tom yeah. Brady had an Instagram post in May where he joked, or we don't know if it was a joke, but he said in May he was thinking about coming out of retirement, but then didn't. Mm-hmm. And they straight up told Purdy, like, we would take Brady, even after he had a great year last year, took him to the NFC Championship. So, um, you know, obviously it's Tom Brady. It's one of the all-time greats. But, you know, everyone has to feel good about Brock Purdy, not just Shanahan. So I think mm-hmm. this is a big spot for him. 
He had multiple throws last game as he did against the Ravens where they should have been intercepted in the Ravens game. They did end up getting intercepted on that Christmas night. So it's just hard. I mean, I think uh, the game script is going to have to go a certain way for the Lions to be winning. I think they need to jump out in front and you need to make Purdy continually throw the ball because Mm -hmm. I think if the Niners are winning and then they're just, you know, CMC has 35 carries. Like, I don't think the Lions really have a chance. You have a good point. I like your point about Purdy's future. Like if he goes out there and sucks, he's going to get all the blame for this. Fair or not. He's going to be like, well, you had a game manager leading a, you know, a soup. He was driving. You asked him to drive a Ferrari and not crash it. Like he wasn't, you weren't winning because of Purdy. Like that's what it'll be all off season. It'll probably get a little, over the top but i mean also do the niners have a ton of options i mean you have sam darnold on your roster you're gonna pick around 30th and i mean i guess you have you could go out and get Kirk cousins but like is that even an upgrade i don't i don't know what you really do especially if you have to pay him 30 million yeah i mean they got so much money in so many different areas especially their defense so they're kind of banking that purdy needs to work out and i mean being in the bay too especially there's not one Niner fan that won't tell you Purdy's that guy, or that yeah they'll they'll tell you Purdy's that guy. Yeah, they have so much faith in them, and like I'll kind of like bend them around a little bit, and I'll be like, you know, there's ten other quarterbacks in the league that I'd rather have than him, and then they'd be like, no, that's not true. Then I'll just name them easily, and then there's not much like fight against it either, because you know when you start like bringing out how many talented quarterbacks there are, and then it highlighting how amazing that 49er offense is it takes away from purdy but you know if at the end of the day he wins a super bowl then you know we all kind of look like fools in that aspect and he can finally say i told you so but yeah you know there's a lot of ups and downs and his ups are great and like but his downs like when he uh played the ravens the first time and threw i think what like four or five interceptions that clinched me a uh playoff win in one of my leagues for fantasy mm-hmm. i mean it it's a it's a big deal. You can't really have fluctuations like that, especially on a team like that with such high expectations. Yeah, I think the, really the number one thing he has going for him is like his contract. It's four years for three point yep. seven million, and mm-hmm. you know you can't whether you think Purdy's good or not. You can't really argue the fact that he probably is like a top fifteen QB, yeah. like undoubtedly, like I think ten through fifteen. In yeah, there. yeah. So he's definitely at least there. Um, but his numbers this year, he led the league in pretty much every single offensive statistic. So then the arguments like, well, anyone can do that in that offense, but if that's the case, then why would any team ever draft a QB? Why would you ever resign someone? If anybody can do it, then just sign Sam Darnold for the veterans minimum and install that offense. So it's, it's hard to know. We're going to get some questions answered about Purdy in the next couple of days. If he goes out, plays well this game, plays well in the Super Bowl, and wins MVP, um, I mean, I don't think you should ever be able to talk negative to that same level again about him because he he proved it. So this is his chance. We'll see if he can do it. Yeah, I mean, whether he does it or not, I think they at least give him one more year, definitely, because they have so much money. And I think they don't have a first-round pick till. 2026 i might be wrong on that so you know they they they're all in right now they they need to win and with his contract it's like the best way they could do it and honestly i think sam darnold could do just what he can anyway so they're not like super worried if he goes down yeah 
Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's those are the two games. Um, Evan, we appreciate having you on. Before we let you go, we do have a couple questions here. One, I want to know, um, what's your official Super Bowl prediction? Who do you have winning it? I don't care about the spread. What's your pick? And then after that, we want you to tell us a little bit about the current state of the San Diego Padres. Know your Padres <laughs> fan. Um, I don't want to say whether it's been good or bad. That can be your opinion. We, I'd love to hear you talk about it for a sec. So the floor is yours. Yeah, so um, I'm going to go with my heart on my Super Bowl prediction. I'm going to go Lions. And I think, I think they're gonna face. Um, I think they're gonna face the Ravens, but I got the Lions winning. Just okay. off pure heart, pure heart. All right, that'll be so good to see. The Padres. This is a whole different beast. So, um, you know, as most of like you guys have seen, the off season hasn't been super kind. You know, we're losing Juan Soto. Uh, we officially just lost Hater, even though I knew he was gone the second he didn't want to pitch for us. Um, and then Blake Snell, he, uh, is probably going to sign with the Yankees. I don't know if you guys saw that they offered him five years, uh, like 150 and he said he wants six. So I'm sure they'll get that done. Um, but I have faith. I think it's a, almost a good thing that, um, we got rid of Juan Soto in the aspect that, you know, he only had one year left. We needed some good return out of it. We got a bunch of pitching, which is what we're losing right now. And we need to reinforce that, you know, Tatis and Machado are our guys. Like, that's the most important thing. Like, we've always had those – well, Manny more recently we, we locked up for a while. And Bogarts for that fact too. But, yeah. you know, those three guys, they are the guys that have – like, we're fully invested in and we need those guys to produce. And, you know, Juan Soto, he's not going to be a negative addition, but – it just puts more pressure and emphasis on those guys to perform rather than um, Juan Soto, who's still getting paid a lot of money, but you know, he's not a long-term deal. You know, he's a hired gun for us. So, I mean, I'm, I feel good. You know, our team's not bad. I wonder what we're going to do in center field. Um, the biggest move I wanted the Padres to make this uh, off season was getting Jung Ho Lee. I really wanted that guy, but the, the Giants swooped him up. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think losing Grisham is great. I mean, everyone's like, you know, he's great glove in the outfield, but I'm like, the guy's hitting sub 200 sometimes. Like, you can't have that, especially in playoffs, even though 2022, he came in really big for us and that was awesome. But, you know, I'm fine with moving on with Hader, um, Grisham. Snell kind of sucks a little, or sucks to like move on from, but, um, you know, I do think that he, is like kind of at his his peak right now mm-hmm. and kind of on the downward slope. Yeah. Um. But you know, we just need Joe not to interrupt you. Not to interrupt you real quick. But Blake Snell has okay. won two Cy Youngs and he's had zero complete games. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I, I don't get me wrong. I think Blake Snell is really good, but I've always felt like he gets treated with kids' gloves a little bit. Like he he didn't pitch past the sixth inning this year or something crazy like that. Like that's. That's absurd to me. He's never pitched like 200 innings. Um, it's like you're going to get a low low quantity, but very high quality. So like he's still super valuable, but he's not like Garrett Cole, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, um, and as a Padres fan, he really makes you uh, get on the edge of your seat for the fact that, you know, you'll be watching 
two innings to start the game and he'll go like six strikeouts, five strikeouts, easy. And then you'll watch like a third, the third inning, and then he'll load the bases up via walks and then strike them all out. So it's like is that sustainable? You think? Um, it, it depends. Um, I mean, when you're playing games like that, you know, it he has such a high walk rate, and at that time he did have uh, a platinum Glover in right field and a Gold Glover playing second and shortstop and third sometimes, and Hassan Kim, and that's a huge deal in itself. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, when you got great defensive backing, you're able to get more more dudes on via walk and then force to strike them out. But, I mean, you load up the bases and, like, even just an error or something small like that, you're letting runs in and you don't have the, the run support on offense, it's a bad recipe. And Blake Snell definitely has that sort of capability to keep that going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Padres, I mean – you have to give them credit for at least trying with Soto. Like they probably oh, knew yeah. deep down it was never going to be a long-term thing. It's like, let's have him for, you know, a year and a half. Let's try to make this work. Let's make a deep run. Mm-hmm. It didn't end up working out. Um, you know, towards the end of last season, people still kind of believed even up to like the last 25 games. People were like, well, the Padres, you know, finished yeah. 17 and eight. That was, you that, know? Was me. that was me. Yeah. So yeah. I that was me too. I mean, because they're stacked. You look at that. You know, nobody had a better lineup. So yeah. and baseball yeah, just, playoff is so you know there's so much randomness. And like obviously the Diamondbacks made it to the World Series. It was like they were the team where it's like if they got in, I wouldn't want to play them despite their record being dog shit. Um, yeah. So I, I agree. And I mean, with that. you have the Dodgers choking every season. So that's right. That's my favorite thing right there in itself. But that team is the worst thing I've ever seen right now. It's as a Padres fan, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I think we it's going to be a great day when, uh, the Dodgers get eliminated by the Phillies or something in like a best yeah. of five series. It's going to be awesome. elimination day is going to be a holiday because they are going to be so annoying and we're all going to hate them. I can't wait. It's, it's nice to kind of have a villain in a way, but I, I'm, I'm going to hate them just a notch below like the Cardinals. It's going to be insane when that first playoff series happens because, granted, I'm going to give them that they're going to get to the playoffs because, I yeah. mean, you got a roster like that, you should. Yeah. It's just whether, you know, if the Padres can pull off getting that, that pennant. But, I mean, just looking into the future and, like, all my Dodgers buddies, I'm telling them, I'm like, if you guys get to the playoffs and you don't win, I'm going to be talking so much shit that you're never not going to be able to hear about it. Because, I mean, that's all this is, like – you put in a billion into your team and more in one off season, like it's like you have so much stake that you're not going to get away with losing. There's no way they have to win one of the next three or shit's going to, that's going to be like a 30 for 30, like shit storm. Oh, imagine if like, imagine Otani is half of what he is next year. And then he comes back the following year and, can't pitch as well as he could and then you got Yamamoto who you know he's transitioning from um the the uh league in Japan and you know he doesn't work out that's a billion dollars that you just totally screwed up yeah and you're paying for for a, a long time and which is- it is oh go ahead glass glass now is good but he's also had Tommy John issues in the past that can mm-hmm. blow up they yeah. just signed Paxton for 11 million he hasn't been great they're gonna re-sign Kershaw 
There's a lot of question marks. They got Walker Bueller coming back off injury. They Dustin have another another mm-hmm. pitcher who could end up in jail because of domestic assault. They have they had Trevor Bauer. Like there's been so many things that haven't gone right for them. So like why couldn't things keep not going the right way for them? It's, it's it possible. is crazy to think that they won like a hundred some games and they invested a billion dollars just to win like something that is like just to give them like a like if you think about it, it's like a five percent edge in like a playoff series because of how random it is like signing the best position player in the world moves your playoff odds or your world series odds like less than one percent in this sport so like Mm -hmm. they are doing this for like the smallest of edges which is just kind of crazy um i mean i in a way i'm I'm, i think we're all a little jealous that we wish our teams we all wish our teams did what they were doing or had the capabilities to even do what they were doing I think mm-hmm. them and the Yankees are like the only teams that can actually afford to do this. Um, yeah. But yeah, let me, let me ask you guys a question with that. Do you guys think that deferred money is sanctioned cheating? You can take this on Slade. <laughs> I know Slade feels um, strongly about deferred money. I think it is a little bit of BS, but I think, I think it's fine. It was always fine when it was like these players, like getting like, like a few years down the road and it was a few million dollars, but I don't like when it's decades. Like there should be a, a rule that's like, you can't defer money past this point and it'll still count as, you know, this much towards the luxury tax, like doing the time value of money formula to come up with how much you're paying in luxury tax feels a little silly. Um, you're kind of making some assumptions on like the economy there in a way. Like, what is the dollar going to be worth in 20 years? Like, we're 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 kind of estimating. We don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think there has to be some rule in place where like, you can't defer money till 2040. That seems like common sense. Yeah, they got to have something because it's like it's like the UFC where um, if you guys are familiar with Alex Pereira. Mm-hmm. Um, so he walks around around like 225. But. He's fought at middleweight. He's won a championship at middleweight at 185, which is like you're juicing it super hard. Like you are like not really fighting at your true weight, which is like, you know, you're paying all this deferred money 10 years in, but you're not really like paying them like, you know, how it should work out. Yeah, It's it's on like uh, the, the sanction cheating aspect where it's like you're not doing anything wrong, but is it really right? You know, I'm not too sure about that. So Yeah, that's I think that's a good comparison. It's because like it, it, it's just hard, though, because like in baseball, it takes two to tango. So if someone wanted to sign me to, to, to deferred money, I would personally say, hell no, I want all <laughs> my money in my 10 yeah. years because like. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I just want that money. I want to know that I have it. I don't, I don't want to be, you know, 80 yeah. years old, you know, and getting $10 million. I don't care about that. And 99% of the league is, would have the same mindset as you. And so it's, it would take a player of like the Otani, the Harper, some like it's, this really only impacts those guys because of the fact that those guys make so much money off the field. It doesn't impact them or, they're still getting a ton in the present and a lot in the like later on. So like they might not feel it as much, but like to a utility man who's signing a two year, $20 million, like they, they want that money now because they know like the time value of money is crazy. Well, plus um, most of the guys that are taking this huge deferrals, I mean, 
you look at like a lot of the smaller like contracts that are taking deferrals it's just like you know one or two year deals whereas like a lot of these huge deferrals are going to come from like these overseas players who would prefer to have their money where it like matters to them most and like in the economy that uh they seem most fit to like kind of take or like hold their money for i mean california's trying to pass that law to take otani's deferral away so they could tax it and get that money in their hands so it's interesting when you kind of see that but i mean 10 years is absurd it's way too long shouldn't be allowed but it is for some reason he's going to be getting paid 68 million dollars every year from 2034 to 2043 Jeez, crazy can you imagine 10 years go by and then the dodgers have nothing to show for it and in those years, they're just given sixty-eight million. Ownership's like, gonna sell the team immediately before having to pay that and just take the <laughs> hit on the valuation. <laughs> yeah, that would be the craziest thing in sports. If like ten years later, the Dodgers are in shambles and everyone's like, "Like, told you so. You shouldn't have done something like that." But you know, right now it's just too dangerous to every other uh, team in the league because you're getting these players such high notoriety that. You don't expect them to do bad, but they turn out wrong. Then it's like they look like the most foolish organization of all time. I th- I think the the biggest thing we can take away from this, from a betting aspect, is <laughs> every year try to find your opportunity to bet against the Dodgers. If you consistently do it over time, you're gonna come out on top. And I hope I don't get clipped on this or put on like old takes exposed like five years from now, but I do not think the Dodgers are gonna win like several World Series in the next 10 years. I think they'll win like two tops. Yeah. It could even be less. I, I just I do not see it working out extremely well for them. So we're gonna have a lot of plus money opportunities uh fading the Dodgers. So and There's don't forget twenty twenty doesn't count. Twenty twenty, the COVID year doesn't count. I was about to talk about that. There's a one of the funniest things that I think came out today that the Giants just uh, released is that I think it's either their opening uh, series or their first series against the Dodgers. They announced that they're giving out like Giants themed Mickey Mouse has, ha- hats for the game. Did you guys see that? <laughs> That's hilarious. No, yeah, that's good. On Sports <laughs> Illustrated, it's like, yeah, it's set to give away Mickey Mouse ears, 15,000 pairs, which is. June or June thirtieth sounds June a little 30th, weird. Okay. Away, but. The Mickey Mouse World Series, rightfully so. That's a that's an elite level troll from a organization. Yeah. I can respect that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we would love to have you on again sometime in the MLB. Uh, probably maybe even right before the year, or the first couple of weeks, we can, you know, break down some futures, talk about kind of what we're seeing. Um, unfortunately, the MLB has been a little boring recently because of lack of free agent moves. But the pitchers mm-hmm. and catchers are reporting within the next couple of weeks. We got spring training coming up right around the corner. Um, so yeah, we'd love to we'd love to have you on again. We really appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, I mean, this was a great time. I love uh, talking about all the things we talked about. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. And yeah, whenever you guys want, I'll come back on and give my two cents. <laughs> Sounds good. Appreciate it. All right, Slade. Any closing thoughts? Or are you just here to you just here to to hang out? I'm just I'm just here to hang out with you guys. Okay. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody. Okay, so we just had our interview with Evan. Really appreciate hopping him on. Did a great job. We'll definitely be having him on for MLB uh, coming up here in the next couple months. Um, what we did forget to touch on was uh, looks like the Bucks, who are 
let me check the record. 33 and 13? No, is that 30 right? and 13. Oh, oh, 30. Oh, okay. That makes Only more sense. Only 30 and 13. They fired their coach, Adrian Griffin. Um, so there's been some uh, some complaints on Twitter I've seen. Uh, close friend of the pod, Tyler Ellingson. We're going to go ahead and try to call him live uh, to get his reaction. So let, let's see if this works here. Um, give him a call, putting on speaker. I don't know if we're going to be able to hear the ringing, but it is ringing right now. I can now. hear it at least. It when we edit it, sometimes oh. gets, it's out. So, all right, st- we're on the second ring. I wonder what excuse he's going to have about this. Oh, I'm coaching like, high school basketball. <laughs> they're uh, they're trying to get doctored. What's up, dude? Where are you? Uh, I'm on a bus right now with my high school team. Oh, you're on the bus. Okay, sorry. Right. I hope I hope this isn't too loud, but you are live on Bet GPT right now. We want you to know. We want to know your thoughts on the Bucks firing their coach and looking for looking at Doc Rivers. Um, I think firing him was the right move. Uh, the team definitely wasn't clicking. However, you know they seem to have screwed up the hiring process a little bit. Giannis came out that he did not want Nick Nurse's coach. Was probably the right hire at the time. Um. But yeah, Doc Rivers, do, do not like him at all. Uh, hasn't won really anything besides 2008. Uh, choker in the playoffs. I don't know. Seems like a lateral move. So you're you're happy that he got fired because I saw you tweeted what in all caps, but then you said we're so cooked. Yeah. Second round exit. Yeah. Here we come in regards to Doc Rivers. Yeah, the what was just a shock reaction that he got fired. Um, yeah. But yeah, Doc Rivers was probably one of my last choices okay. that I would want as the coach of our team. Okay. Um, hey. This is what happens when you let. This is what happens when you let your players determine who's the uh, next head coach instead of the GM. <laughs> hey, well, guess what? If you didn't let him decide, he was going to leave. So you know that's that's what you get. And I hate to say it, but you are uh, when you wake up tomorrow morning, you're going to be one day closer to the 76ers eliminating the Bucks in the playoffs. Oh, I can see it coming. We're going to be up 3-1, 3-2 in the series, and uh, Doc's going to do what he does best. He can't hear me, but make sure you say something about yes, Jordan Love just, sucking. Okay, Slade also wants to know your thoughts on Jordan Love uh, failing to win the game Sunday. I mean, <laughs> this is, I mean he, had a good, he had a really good year. I don't know. He had a bad throw at the end. Um, this game should have been probably over by then. We made a couple too many mistakes. Uh, that yeah, was a tough one. Tough, tough. Definitely not giving up on Jordan Love, though. All right. Hang up on him. This is too positive. We'll have you. <laughs> Slate said you're being too positive. That's enough of you. We'll have you on uh, sometimes. I'm, I'm, I'm just on a bus with like 30 kids right now. So. It's all good. We're going to have you on an official episode, but thank you for picking up. We appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. All right. Bye. All right. All right. So that was that was the lovely Tyler Ellingson. Um, really appreciate it getting his live reaction there oh that was funny yeah so all right uh yeah okay we're just gonna go ahead and end the show here slade next episode um we will get your thoughts on sabin uh hopefully we will see where bill belichick is is by the oc will hopefully be announced i will see today is january 23rd um i had a source text me that they believe it is going to be the former duke oc kevin johns um and then like an hour later this uh david eichel if you're 
if you're subscribed to his VIP crap, uh, he put that he's the favorite. So my source is on it. Hmm. Okay. Well, we will see if that comes to fruition or not. All right. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. This has been another episode of Bet GPT.